Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of bounds. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. We're super excited to have Morgan Stevenson on, superintendent at Tobacco Road. So, Morgan, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yep, and thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been uh, been a couple months, I guess, since uh, uh, two or three months since we uh, got to actually meet you in person and play Tobacco Road. Um, I'm still sore from that whooping I got from <laughs> I'm like, I don't, am, I, am I more sore from the course or from that beating that Martha gave me? But, but we'll leave that for another discussion. There you um, go. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to... Uh, I don't, I don't want to give her any more air time than we need to. So, um, how's, uh, how are things at tobacco road, man? It's been, uh, it's been a little rainy here in Georgia over the past week or so, but, uh, and I think you guys got hit with some of it too, right? We did. We, uh, last week we had four and a half inches of rain. So, uh, it kind of took a beating, but it's drying up nice. The forecast is great. Um, I was out here, <clears throat> excuse me, later this afternoon. It was just beautiful out. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been following you on Instagram and, uh, I, I get, sometimes I get chills. Most of the time it puts a smile on my face, but, uh, I, <laughs> I just see some of the places that I shouldn't have been on the course. And I'm like, Ooh, I know what that feels like. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that was my first time at tobacco road. And, uh, again, just the course itself was immaculate, uh, in, in great condition. And before we get into the course, uh, obviously, if you're just listening to this, uh, Dan and Morgan, they've already made a connection over all the NC State uh, <laughs> memorabilia or paraphernalia, whatever you want to call it in the background. So obviously, you're, uh, you're an NC State grad, I'm assuming. I am, yeah. So how did uh, Morgan get into uh, – you, well, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, how did I get into the golf business? Or yeah, I mean, we, how'd you become the super at? Uh, did, was it tie back to NC State, or was that was just a place to go to school? Well, I, I grew up in Garner, which is just outside of Raleigh, um, and just all of my family were NC State fans. So I kind of grew up a state fan, and I was actually very fortunate I could find something that I was interested in and could major in, and actually go to NC State and stay close to home. And, um, and that's what I did. <clears throat> I started working on a golf course when I was 15 years old for my uncle, who was a golf course superintendent in Raleigh, and just kind of fell in love with the work and just that that whole marriage of being able to do something you love and attend the school that you love, and it was just a perfect marriage there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, does NC State have a turf program? They do. They have a turf management program, and um, which covers not only golf course, but of course, you know, athletic field maintenance, any landscaping or anything. So it's a sure. pretty diverse program. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How's, uh, what, how's the, I know the football schedule has been a little weird, just given everything that's going on and, and, and the golf course business has been a little weird. Golf business has been a little weird too, with probably the influx of, of play that you've had. So how's it's the football been, first? Uh, football's pretty good. We're doing all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, we're doing good. And uh, the golf, like you said, has just been unbelievable how busy we've been, which is great. And we hope it sustains. Um, I hope it's not just a, a fluke thing because of the situation we've been in. And hopefully it, you know, the interest remains and um, helps business. Yeah, sure. Have, so so have you, have, have you taken any 
Um, have you had to approach the year differently? I mean, obviously, you didn't know what we, nobody knew what we were getting into, right? Come like mm-hmm. uh, Mar- March, I guess. So probably April, right. May, and then May, June, you kind of start to see that influx of, oh shit, where's everybody coming from? So right. did, did, did you guys have to kind of audible on any game plan at the golf course and, you know, kind of how you typically would manage it? Well, obviously, initially, you know, just not knowing what was going to you know, happen with play, we were actually did some projects that we were going to do in the middle of the summer, um, did those early on because we didn't have any play, you know, play, you normally get a lot of our play in the spring and in the fall. And it went from, you know, 150 players to four or eight, you know, you just really just dropped off. Um, so we decided, and thankfully our owners were supportive of doing this and kind of getting some projects done, some cultural practices on some fairways that we were able to knock out in the spring versus waiting to the summer, um, which in hindsight, that was a stroke of genius because we went ahead and got it done and now we've just been inundated. So it's been difficult to even just get regular maintenance done, which I'm not, I'm not complaining. Sure. Um, we, we know where our our paychecks come from and that's what we, why we do what we do. Um, so we're glad to have them. It's been great. Yeah. What, uh, what other golf courses have you been at? Have you been at other than, uh, than tobacco road, any other strands courses? I haven't, you know, as far as just recently or just in but general, I'm just saying in, in, in working there. Oh, working there. Uh, I worked at uh, Royal New Kent and Stonehouse up in Virginia, um, prior to coming to tobacco road. Um, so I, you know, I met, you know, I met Mike back when I was doing an internship when I was in college at a place called wild dunes resort down in Charleston. Sure. And, um, he was a special projects foreman, like just part of the crew. And of course I was a turf student, you know, doing an internship and they would stick to grass boys as they called us with uh, Mike (laughs) for projects and stuff. And, uh, that's where I got to know Mike. He was just a, a great guy, just a normal except part of the crew just had an unbelievable you know, talent um and so that's where i you know, first met mike and um just by just keeping in touch with him I, there was an opportunity he was working up in virginia and i talked to him on the phone one day and just said hey how's everything going and he said man you need to come up here and, and go to work and i said okay well i had a pretty good gig where i was at living in charleston you know nice course and a beautiful area and here I was thinking about maybe going into golf course construction in a state I'd never lived in with people I've never met before. And, but I did, I flew up there with him uh, and a couple of the owners and was able to see both golf courses. And it was kind of overwhelming seeing two golf courses under construction at the same time, which is pretty amazing mm-hmm. to pull off. But um, <clears throat> while I was there, they offered me a, a job and I felt like it was something that I probably couldn't turn down the opportunity to work with Mike and, you know, I'm so glad I did, you know, the people that I have met and how my life has been affected <laughs> by having you know, met him. Sure. So, yeah. 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 That, that's kind of a common theme, I guess. Right. I mean, the folks that, uh, if they wound up, you know, making that bond with him, if you will, that mm-hmm. it was like, I, I can't get away. I, that's something that I've got to, I've got to continue to, uh, uh yeah. to foster and, and kind of cultivate that bond. Right. Yeah, well, he was just that type of person. You know, it's, uh, I think that's it's not made up. You know, it's uh, the people who met him and had relationships with him would agree. It's just that he was just a good a guy. You know, just had an unbelievable talent. But he, you know, he connected with the little guy on the crew, the laborers who were, 
you know, helping lay side or the owners. It doesn't matter. And he just connected with everyone. And that's why there were people wanted to work hard for him. And I think the products that they produced, you know, kind of shows that also. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, so for the listeners, maybe. So if you, if you've never played a Strance course, uh, they, they're, uh, I'm going to use the word unique. And and they're uh, they're fun in their own right, and it is uh, you know while yeah you got a tee box and you got a fairway you got a green etc. There there's many things between uh, the tee and the green that you you might ex- you'll experience it at other courses, but you won't experience it in the way that you do on a Strance golf course. Is that a fair way to put it, Morgan? Uh, I uh, completely agree. I mean everybody's played you know, beautiful golf courses that are in great condition that you maybe not even can remember any of the holes or you can, or I've played this hole before. Um, Mike, not a whole lot of repetition. You can definitely see a style, you know, his, his design style, but each property is unique and the designs, you know, show that for sure. Yeah. And I was, you mentioned, you mentioned as I was out on the course this afternoon, kind of thinking about our conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> and what might come up and <clears throat> I got to thinking about the word fun. I mean, fun is not something really that's used a lot with golf. I mean, it's, you know, people thought it was hard or it was beautiful, but like how much, you know, fun do you have out on the course, the shots that you can hit and shots that look difficult and you pull them off and you like, and just, like that was awesome instead of just a, a good, normal, good shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I think we got a fun one, so. Yeah, and, and that is, uh, I mean, I, I felt that way, uh, you know, with e- even a bad shot was still a fun shot and just some of the creativity that, uh, again, from your eye, it, it may, you know, from the eye, it looks like you're going to have to hit something really crazy and creative. But once you've played it, I think Tobacco Road is definitely one of those it's a, it, it's play it once, but then make sure you booked a second trip to play it again, because there's a lot of, you know, and, and Martha was sharing a lot with when we played, um, but it was, you know, the first, uh, the first tee shot, right? I mean, you, you basically got what looks like a, you know, a little 20 foot or 20 yard shoot that you got to hit the ball through. Uh, you know, I've, sprayed mine off to the right. I hit 10 fairway and I was, you know, completely fine. Right. There, there were no challenges mm-hmm. there, but, and, and you wind up with a lot of those, a lot of those holes. I'm thinking about, um, is it 10 or 11 uh, before you make the turn back to the par three, uh, kind of goes up the hill and you've got kind of the hidden green behind all the mounds. No, 13, 13. Sorry. Yeah. That, that was probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite holes there. And, and just because yeah. I, I, I love that setup with that, mm-hmm. you know, just the way you're hitting into the kind of that blind green, if you will. Mm-hmm. Then, but once you get back and you really see the green and see what you got to work with, I mean, there's a ton of places you could hit the ball back, you know, around in that green and still wind up in good shape, depending on pin placement. Yeah. And that's probably one of the most controversial holes out here because of that green. I mean, the rest of the hole is pretty straightforward. You know, you yeah. get your drive out there and you, kind of bump your semi-blind second shot over there, but then you're standing there 100 yards from the green and you may not even see the flag like, right. or where the green is right. <laughs> if you've never played there before. But a lot of people <clears throat> don't realize that that area was like that. There was not a lot changed in that area. So it wasn't like Mike's, I'm going to dig this pit and we're going to put the green in it. It was already a, a sunken area or a low area, and he put he put the green in there. So... Some people think maybe extreme, but it's actually pretty minimal 
minimalistic, if you will, just, you know, using the features that were out here. And, mm-hmm. and even the owners, I think, were kind of like, uh, Mike, you sure you want to do that? And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's turned out, you know, good for him, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in keep, keep it on that train of thought. So, and so you've worked at other, uh, I would say, well, let me ask the question. I, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. You've, pro- you've mm-hmm. worked at more traditional golf course layouts, if you will. Yes. And, and, and then, and then in working at a place, uh, you know, such as tobacco road in that you've got, you know, it, it's, it's kind of different. Yeah, I think it's in an old, uh, what is it? An old, uh, rock quarry. Like a sand pit they used to manufacture asphalt. That was kind of okay. use their raw materials to manufacture sure. their product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of, and then, and we're getting far enough east in North Carolina where you're getting, you're starting to hit some of that, uh, you know, you get it moving away from the rock bed and you're getting more mm-hmm. kind of the sediment and, and sand fill. So, mm-hmm. it, and then again, in just with some of the, uh, the rough structure, if I'm using the right terminology, is i mean is are there any days that you're like man it sure would be nice to be over at this course it's kind of a more traditional golf course layout versus the the unique and and interesting environment that you wind up with at tobacco road yeah well yeah i'd be lying if i didn't tell you like wish it was easier sometimes (laughs) now whether it be somewhere else i mean it's um we don't like to call things problems but it's definitely challenging you know Mm -hmm. mike it's unique architecture and it requires unique maintenance. You know, we, we do things, some things differently. We, uh, we have things to worry about that no other golf courses have to worry about. Um, I've often said, if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> as far as the extreme, some of the, the terrain or just the, the sand features that, you know, take you know, hours to put back together after mm-hmm. you know, heavy rainfall. Um, most people with traditional bunkers, you know, they might be able to knock them out in a day. You know, if we can get them out in a week, you know, we're good after just like four and a half inches like we had the other day. Oh, wow. but, um, it's just part of it. You know, it's, um, you know, you wish some things were different and we have made some changes, you know, through the years just to uh, divert water. You know, we have to adapt, you know, you can't just, if something's an issue, you have to address it, but some things you can't avoid everything. There's always going to be things to put back together out here after, you know, rain events, but it's worth it you know it's um it's you know to come into work each day and to to see this property i'm i feel very lucky to be able to do that yeah i mean i guess the medium's always changing for you right i mean it's it, it it's it's natural earth right and it's mm-hmm. going to change with wind and water and temperatures etc so i mean those are things that you know how do we how do we plan for this and if you see something starting to happen like you know as you mentioned the the um uh, the changes you made earlier in the year, right? Fortunately, mm-hmm. fell at a, at a good time for you. But I mean, those are mm-hmm. things that you're continuously planning out, I guess, as you're managing sure. the course. Yeah, I mean, you always have like a list of projects or a long range, you know, plans for to make sure that the course remains in good condition. And, I mean, that's just always, uh, I'm sure everyone has that. Every golf course probably has something that they want to do or some sort of long-term planning. Uh, and we're the same. And yeah. we have you know, some things we'd like to get done, and it's just a matter of prioritizing and make sure the owners are on the same page, and we can fit all the golfers in. Exactly. <laughs> <Same time. laughs> yeah. So you said, and Morgan, um, you followed him up to Virginia. You were in Charleston, but then you you were there when Tobacco Row was being constructed as well, right? That's right. Yeah, when I was in Virginia working, and um, I knew that they had this project was on the books, you know, that something was going on in North Carolina and this area, me being from the area, 
I was like, man, that would be pretty cool to, mm-hmm. to come back to this area. And, um, and so I kind of reached out, uh, to Mike and he had talked to the owners and the owners had already hired a, a superintendent. And I was like, well, I just, I don't know if I want to go for another assistance job. And mm-hmm. my wife and I talked about it and she could just tell that I was kind of, you know, stressed out about the whole decision. And, and we, we talked about it and said, I know you want to go. So I'd, I'd love to go and work with Mike again, but she goes, well, you should do it. And it was good. And we worked with a, a gentleman named Perry Payne, who was our original superintendent until he retired. And, um, uh, it was, just, I'm glad I did. I mean, it was just been life changing to be a part of the project for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it got you closer back to closer to home and new project. And, and, yeah. And you know, you never know when, I, when you work on a project, whether it's going to, you hope it's going to be successful. And fortunately, Mike's other you know, courses were successful. And I knew, I knew it was going to be successful from a you know, critical standpoint, especially when I first came on the property. I was like, wow, this, this place is going to be crazy. I could just, you know, with the, the natural features that were already in place. I was like, this is going to be pretty cool. And so, and fortunately, you know, through the years we've done well and people still seek out the golf course and seek out Mike's work and we're just glad to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So, so you were there, um, you were there first tee time. What's that? Oh yeah. I started in April of 1998 okay, and we opened awesome. in November of 98. Yeah. Nice. So during construction to grow in and, um, until today. So, so, so you, you commented and you kind of gave us the, um, uh, you know, just the natural lay of the land and everything that was happening. It's like, okay, this is, you can make this into a, your you said it, right. It's into a really fun place to, to, to mm-hmm. come and enjoy a round of golf where there, as you were kind of walking and, you know, Mike's kind of famous for, and, and you guys actually, it's uh, love, love the new logo or the shirt with, uh, with mm-hmm. him walking around, you know, doing the outline of the state of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. Um, but I mean, were there any point in times and, and he was kind of a, Hey, I'm going to go walk the golf course and I'm going to go mark the holes. Right. I mean, he's hands on, like if was, there was no computer at, at that point mm-hmm. in time. I mean, he was like, I'm going to go walk it, feel it and, and kind of get things figured out. Yeah. Very old school. I mean, every single grass line. And then we probably, I'm sure we talked about this when you guys were here earlier, that, you know, the grass lines that you see bunker edges and everything might, basically hand painted everything uh, that was not a decision or that he would leave that's kind of like the pencil to the paper the sketch mm-hmm. you know you have a the palette you have the, the land and it can be shaped out but it doesn't really come to life and see what he sees until the paint marks go down and the sod is laid and that's basically the lines like you see on the, the sketches of the holes and I've heard in, in an interview that he said it was a very anticipatory time for him at that stage of the project when he started to paint because that's when the holes really came to life. Mm. Um, obviously, he just put so much heart and detail into each one of them that you know, he wouldn't let me or someone else paint the lines. I mean, that's his okay. <laughs> that's pencil, you know. So, uh, so he put a lot of effort into that. And so every line that you see, if you ever when you guys come back, just think about Mike at one point was there and he painted everything. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that's pretty Very, awesome. Just to think that 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 somebody is that, and and people are invested in things. I don't, I don't mean it in a in a derogatory way, but it's you know that I'm 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 actually leaving my fingerprint not on the design, but I, I'm leaving mm-hmm. it you know physically on that piece of property. Yeah, yeah he he did one at a time. He did, he didn't mass produce them. You know, um, he didn't have four or five projects. It was just one. 
Yeah. And there may be a little bit of overlap at the end of one and the beginning of another. But, you know, he didn't leave one until it was finished right. as far as, you know, putting his effort into it. You know, it was done, you know, properly. Then he went to the next one. Um, so a lot of people may not realize that. <clears throat> and I know some people might be critical of some of Mike's stuff just because it is kind of, it is different. But if they were to have met him and knew how much he put into him, you know, I, I hear comments like some like who were just trying too hard or uh trying to force it you know and i'm like eh, i mean if you're to see him work i mean it was all you know from the heart if you will just seeing him his vision to go to a an area and sketch a hole where you can't see anything but dirt or trees and he's you look at a sketch pad and here's a golf hole and you know two weeks or whatever there it is and, you're scratching your head going how the hell are you gonna make yeah, that work right <laughs> yeah how do you do that and um and I'd ask that a couple of times whenever he was painting grass lines and he had some pretty severe stuff. And I'd say, man, how are we going to cut that? Mike, and he said, that's your job. <laughs> <laughs> so I figure it out. I'm like, all right, we will. Nice. nice. So, so this is pretty cool, man. We've got, uh, so we've got from bear land to, uh, to, to the design, to the grow in, to the first tee up until now. And we're 22 years later, if I did the math right. That's right, mm -hmm. and and you've seen you've seen every bit of it. I, I don't. I would say that's pretty unique. Talking to a superintendent that's gone from from, from I mean from from inception to mm -hmm. uh, to a mature golf course and and continues to ma to mature. Yeah, I'm proud of being able to say that. You know, because I think it is a unique situation. And um, there's a handful of other places where they've had a super there for you know, many years, but as far as being there during construction, obviously a lot you know, fewer. Um, I think maybe the gentleman at Caledonian, uh, Jackson, may have been there from the beginning. Can't remember. I know he's been there a long time. Um, but yeah, I'm proud of that. And I'm, I'm fortunate to work for people that are you know, willing to keep me around. And <laughs> Well, you must be doing something do right, or at least you're not pissing well, them off, so. No, hopefully it's, a, it's, a, it's like, again, it's a good marriage. And, um, just like I said, I've just been real fortunate and you don't, you don't know, again, like I was saying earlier, when you get into a project, you know, if it's going to last five years or three years or, you know, again, 20 years, it's just, you just don't really don't know. And just been super fortunate. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, right. I mean, 22 years in and you're, you're now a, a cult classic. So, you know, it's uh, years to come. Right. And, and, you know, raise a glass to that, but, uh, and, 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 and rightfully so. I mean, it, it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it is, it's really one of those places you kind of pull into and it's like, you know, holy shit, it's, it, this is real. <laughs> this is, well, they, we kind of, we kind of say it's like a, it's a golf experience. I mean, there's some really nice golf courses but then there's some other unique experiences and so we know that there are people that come here and they're really looking forward to it and, and it's you know, something that you know, maybe their highlight of their trip or hopefully it's one of their highlights of their trip because they haven't seen it or they've heard about it and and we you know always want them to have a good experience yeah you know, when they come yeah ho hopefully i don't push us down a wrong path if i do we'll redirect quickly so oh boy, when, 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 no 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 but when, when the but when the, when the course grew in and, and i apologize I, I don't know what year mike uh, mike left us exactly but he saw the course in full in in grow in and and people playing right 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We opened in '98, and he passed away in 2005. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah. So we had a few years under our belt, and he was able to come back for some visits and a consultation if there were some things we wanted to address or change. So, oh yeah, he definitely yeah. got to see it. And had you? I'm sure he would be proud of it now. And I think about that a lot, and I, we may have talked about this a little bit in your last visit, but you know, there are times I can kind of feel that he might be out here, or just you know, I get a tingle or. I know it sounds stupid, but um, no, it happens. I'll, I'll look at I'll look at something and it'll just look awesome, and I'll just get and the hair will stand up on my arm. And I'm like Mike, yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah, he would he would like this. That's cool. Yeah, that, that that's really cool. And and again, that's kind of you know just just playing not playing off, but but uh, echoing that story of being there, you know, with the guy, seeing and knowing one understanding, and before you even showed up at the course and kind of knowing, okay, this guy's going to go do something crazy as hell. And mm-hmm. I, and I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to follow him, and and it's going to turn into something, and then we just have to make it work, right? Yeah, I mean, you just have to adapt. And um, you know, Mike was like I said when I first met him, he was just on the crew, didn't realize he had you know this talent. I knew he had an artistic talent. Somebody told me he'd done some drawings and stuff, and and so getting to you know work with him and just we would talk about things other than golf, just like music and whatnot. And, um, just unbelievable the the vision that he had and like again from someone you're just out there maybe better with a weed eater or a shovel or doing something and um so when he actually when he was hired to do caledonia his first solo design he was working on actually on our maintenance crew at another course called dunes west there in charleston and just talking to him and he was like yeah i've been hired i'm gonna build this golf course in myrtle beach <clears throat> and i was like you're gonna you're going to build a golf course. Yeah. <laughs> the guy I'm here with a shuffle with. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you're going to design the whole thing. And so here I am, you know, so naive questioning whether my ability to design a golf course and a little did I know. But was that his first <laughs> golf course? That was his first. Caledonia was his first solo design. Yeah. So, I mean, like, really, you, I mean, did, I mean, it's like not questioning it, but it's like, okay, sure. Right. I mean, it's. It, well. Well, he worked for Tom Fazio, and I knew he right. had that background, but um, just it's just like, you know, talking to someone and all of a sudden, like I said, they're an artist or they can play a musical instrument. He's like, wow, you can do that? That's amazing. And so when I went up to see, you know, Caledonia for the first time and just just kind of blew me away and just kind of wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'd ask what your favorite Schrantz course is, but I already know. So. <laughs> it may, it may, may be mine also. I've played three of them now, so mm-hmm. kind, kind of partial. Well, I would Carolina. say, you know, obviously I'm partial here. Um, I, I'm glad we are very popular and people, some people say it's Mike's best work. I think that's that's a hard argument. Uh, Caledonia is just something different, special. It has a, uh, I, I guess you did play there, but it's just the whole feel of being on the property, you know, from coming into the Avenue of Oaks. and It's like Magnolia uh, Lane with oak trees. It's like Oakland. One of, one of the best routings ever. You know, a lot of people don't put, think about that, how a course is routed on the land. You, know, you see the holes and how they're played, but why are they in that order? Why are they there like that? And Caledonia was on a very small piece of property. I think they had to purchase a little bit of land on the other side of the entrance for the first hole. And then um, everything else is packed into this little rectangle and you, and it's very small, but you don't, it doesn't feel that way just because of the way he's got the holes routed that you still feel isolated, even though they zigzag back and forth and alongside one another. It's just a, 
excellent route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so I played. I didn't play Caledonia this re most recent trip where we were uh, sharing mm -hmm. information. I did play uh, True Blue, mm -hmm. and and I would say that True Blue and Tobacco Road are most alike in in the sense of their layout. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would say that, uh, you know, you, I kind of get that old school, uh, you know, Southern Georgia kind of feel from the Caledonia, you know, the, the layout, just in what it was. It was an old plantation, right? And just with all the live oaks and stuff that sure. are kind of there. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a different feel, but you can kind of see in all of them that, you know, in, in what you're getting. Um, and, and I guess where I was going with that is, so do, so do you and the other supers keep in regular contact or are you bouncing things off of each other in the other strands designs in just the, the similarities that you might find in bunkers and green structures and things like that? No, not necessarily on a regular basis. I mean, I have relationships with those guys and we know each other, but as far as, you know, calling each other or anything like that, I've cabin at true blue and jackson of course being sister courses you know obviously they're they're together yeah. and they probably do that um but not normally yeah okay. not, not keeping in touch with them but obviously you know peers for sure you know great yeah, yeah. great yeah. there's some great guys down there right yeah and different locations and things like that you know i mean i could see why it's like well there's really no it's not like, hey, I need to ask you how your grass is growing because, you know, North mm -hmm. Carolina versus South Carolina, even though relatively close, you got, you know, a little bit different. But... Inland. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. I've played a couple of good rounds out here. Yeah. What, what's your you favorite know, hole? My favorite hole is number five. I don't know if you can remember that hole. I'm trying to think. Is that a, is that the, like a, the short par five? Short par four. Okay. Um, drivable par four with a false front green and yeah, it's just a yeah, yeah, yeah. very mm. very cool hole. Yeah, um, uh, I like holes like that where you don't have to just pound the ball a mile because I can't hit it that far. <laughs> lot of lot of strategy and it's just a just a neat hole that makes you think. And I've seen so many people sitting there and thinking about do I, do I go for the green or or if they go for the green and they'll or they hit the ball up on the green and it's got the false front and they thought they hit a great shot and they're high-fiving one another and the ball's like rolling back down into the, <laughs> into the approach oh yeah yeah. That's I've, I've, neat hole. yeah i'm looking at the uh i'm looking at the scorecard now i do remember that hole what'd you, I, I what'd you get on make, it i won't make any comments <laughs> <laughs> next, next, next question. Next question. <laughs> next question. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely did not try and drive it. I definitely hit out to the right because I was not hitting the ball good that day because you've got all that waste area over to the left. Yeah. And if, uh, yeah, I definitely, I, I think by hole number five, I'd had enough waste area. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to hit over here and hit a, hit a little wedge in. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll go for a flip wedge on that one. Um, so do you have a least favorite hole on the course? Least favorite hole. No, that's, that's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to call there. I don't really have a least favorite. I mean, there are some holes that are maybe more work than others after you know rains and things like that but that's not really fair to say i have a least favorite <clears throat> yeah that's that's fair um so what uh so events wise if, are there are there are you guys doing anything special for any if, if when an event comes up Mm -hmm. um, so is the crew involved in, uh, in, in getting ready for those events and I guess, right, setting things up and all that? I mean, how does that work? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, we obviously are in communication with the pro shop staff as far as scheduling tournaments. We have to communicate that in case we, if someone has a, you know, wants a nine o'clock shotgun, you know, we have to have everything ready by nine o'clock. So we obviously have to adjust, you know, getting everything done by a certain time instead of staying in front of the first group. You know, I still have five hours if I just have to stay in front of the first group. But if everything starts at nine, I've only got two or three hours to prepare everything. So definitely have to be in communication, you know, for it to run smoothly. And make sure I don't decide to air five greens, you know, right before the tournament or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, do you guys overseed? Uh, we do not. We overseed teas. Um, and we used to oversee wall to wall. Um, when we resurfaced our greens in 2014, we, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we decided to take a year off from overseeding just because of one, the cost of the project and kind of the loss of revenue from right. installing the Bermuda grass greens. We decided to take a year off from overseeding and maybe do some cleanup on some weeds. And um, the course played so great in the fall of that year that. I kind of talked them into let's try one more year, you know, because it was so nice. And then, so we have just decided not to overseed from now on. It's just, um, it's nice, you know, when it looks good and in the spring, but um, it takes a lot of water to germinate the seed. Uh, playing conditions suffer a little bit because of water in the seed. Um, sometimes, if you have a rainy winter, it's hard to get out and cut the ryegrass. And so, I'd rather, I just, I feel like we can just, it's a better golf course more months out of the year with uh, without the overseeding hmm. yeah because north carolina so you're in i guess proper you're in sanford north carolina which is uh, northeast quadrant right so raleigh give or take if you will yeah just enough. south of raleigh mm-hmm. yeah so is it and we uh, actually played of course i played a few weeks ago or a month ago when we were in myrtle beach they uh, the, the gentleman said that uh, that he didn't overseed either and I think that was the only course we played that week that didn't. And I would say it is more typical that you would oversee than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the golf course we played there was great. Obviously, we played, I think we're, it was August when we played, uh, when we were there with you guys at Tobacco mm-hmm. Road. So, you know, no overseeding necessarily it's, it's at that point in time of the year. Mm-hmm. But, but do you see more courses maybe going that direction? And it, it probably depends on your core grass to begin with, right? I mean, some grasses you have to. But do you see as, they, as people start to, as golf courses and superintendents, is that something that, that maybe that you would spread the word on or that's coming into you is that, hey, when you're thinking about grass, and obviously it depends on your location where you are in the country, but if the grass affords it and you're doing maybe a renovation, does it make sense to try to go that route in the long term versus uh, maybe, you know, going back with what you got where you have to overseed? Yeah, um, obviously I've done it both ways and it's, and it's really it's good both ways. I'm just a proponent of you know, not overseeding, um, just for the reason we just talked about. You know, less yeah. water, not, not mowing, less fertilizer. Just a, you know, when the grass transitions in the spring, when the Bermuda grass begins to green up, I know what I've got. I'm not, I'm not worried about growing two different grasses. Um, having said that, I think it also depends a lot on the area. I mean, uh, like Myrtle Beach area, there were several courses in that area for a while who had foregone overseeding and started to paint. And then I think with all the, <clears throat> the play they had, maybe the people were preferring to oversee the golf courses. And so some of those guys went back to overseed. Um, 
and same thing in our area we we almost can't be the only the odd man out you know what i mean yeah um, if everybody's overseas and it's a big deal then we we may have to do it again but you know pinehurst resorts have not been overseeing they paint their fairways and there's stuff you know there's a handful of people that are overseeing and you know several that are not i think pine needles did not overseed this year because i think they've got a tournament coming up so they're trying to get a you know help their bermuda grass instead of you know, having it compete with the rye grass um so fortunately for us you know pinehurst kind of drives things around here um not necessarily in a bad way but it, if it's acceptable there it's um you know, we, we can do it also mm-hmm. um, as long as they, if they if they don't mind and it really comes down to the customer to be honest with you it doesn't really matter what i like or what the owners like you know we can do that but it does matter what the, the customer likes and we haven't gotten any negative feedback there might be a handful in this you know late winter and spring when it's kind of damp and it's not great conditions anyway that they like oh wow, i wish we you guys were overseeded but you know you're, you're talking about a one month span out of 12 where it might not be well and then it's probably hit or miss by the week i mean because you could you're i mean you're gonna we're we're in the second or third week of november and i mean it's the other than the rain we've had i mean temperature wise i mean it's been warm i mean the bermuda's still kind of thriving right now right it's completely green out there right now and we have not had a killing frost and so the longer that goes into the season that helps us you know next spring in you know um, again, overseeding, you're growing two different grasses um, basically for several months out of the year. Back when we used to oversee, we were probably playing on ryegrass nine months out of the year. Hmm. By the time you oversee over winter and then the spring comes, you try to hold on to it as long as you can because you had spring play. Right. You were typically slow in the summer, so you would hold on to that ryegrass until May or June and then just let it burn out. Now you're looking at, you know, july august and september and you're overseeding again mm-hmm. so we played a lot of golf on ryegrass and maybe didn't really care too much what it looked like in the summer just because of our seasons being uh spring and fall but now with bermuda greens and, and it's been crazy this summer it's we're, we're busier in the summer and in the fall the mm-hmm. spring is used to the spring used to be like we need to really shine in the spring and we do want to but sometimes you know the weather dictates that you know whether it's cold a cold spring or how the bermuda is coming out um but more months out of the year now we're playing on the solid bermuda grass yeah nice nice yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely well i think my Uh, favorite uh hole well not my favorite hole in the course but the one that was the i think martha said it's the most photographed ones that par three with the bar with the house there or the barn or whatnot which one's that yeah 14 14 14. yeah Yeah. that's a that's a scenic that's a scenic hole right there (laughs) it's it's pretty cool isn't it yeah and especially as you're coming in the entrance it just kind of sets it up that people come in and as soon as they can kind of see through the trees there and they see the pond and they've said, man, I've seen, I heard that hole. I remember mm-hmm. I've seen that hole before. And yeah, it's a pretty cool setting. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's very scenic. Very cool. That was a beautiful day we had out there. Yeah. Weather is fantastic. And it's, uh, I mean, it's kind of, you know, as you mentioned it earlier, I mean, it's, uh, it's gotta be a blessing to get up to go into that place every day to go to work. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a hell of an office you got. Mm-hmm. Most days it is. Most <laughs> days. <laughs> now when it's bad weather, you know, it's like, oh man, after heavy rains, you know, it's like any job, but, um, way more positives than negatives for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many rounds you, you get to play much? 
uh, I do like to play. This year I haven't been able to play almost, like I said, because we've been so busy. And um, I play at a, a, a course in um, where I live in Fuquay Arena. I think um, that Dan, do you know yeah. where I, that is? I grew up so. in Fuquay. Yeah, that's where that's I grew right. up. Yeah. It's at uh, Wins Country Club. I play up there some. And that's kind of a, a nice getaway where, because, you know, it's hard um, as a superintendent to play it, when you play in your own golf course, it is fun, but you, it's hard to detach yourself from things that you need to do. Um, you just get distracted by, Oh, I forgot. I need to work on that. I need to work on <laughs> yeah, that. It goes, it goes both ways. I will say that sometimes you, if you just ride the course or you're out working on it all the time and you don't see it from a player's perspective, maybe sometimes you're more critical. And you're looking for all the little imperfections, but then if you go out and play, maybe you don't notice those as much. Like I didn't even see that, you know. Just you know, so sometimes it's kind of refreshing to get out and just play. Um, but sometimes it's hard, like I said, to disconnect from you know, things that you need to do. You know, it's just because you're just trained to do that. So as you're playing, you're looking for things, but it's from a, a player's perspective instead of just you know um, from working. And if I go play somewhere else, I can just detach and not worry That's cool. about their problem. Yeah. So you're so you're not thinking in the back of your mind. You're not like critical in the sense of like, oh, hey, you need to work on that, and you need to work on this, and you're. It, that, that another, always, another golf course. Yeah. Another yeah. Golf course. yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's hard. So sometimes you pick up on good things, not always bad good things point. too. Yeah. You could be critical, but I'm like, man, this looks good. I'm gonna try that at my place. You yeah. know. Constructively critical. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, sure. I mean, you can't really detach. That's my profession, you know, so it's, you, you do critique. Uh, but fortunately, where I do play at Bentwins, they do a great job, so I don't have to do that very much. There you I can go. just say, man, this looks great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. Absolutely. Yeah, most of the uh, most of the super. I shouldn't say most. All the superintendents that we've talked to are from uh, so far from you know out fantastic golf courses, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know they're just you know pristine conditions, if you will, or pristine. Um, do you often have people calling you, kind of asking for uh, you know, hey, you know, Morgan, this is such and such from wherever. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, uh, hey, I, I played your course or heard about your course. How do you do this? How do you do that? I mean, what is somebody that's looking? So you've been you've been at Tobacco Road now for 22 plus years. You've been in the business for 25 uh, ish, maybe. Uh, or 30. Uh, I was 15 years old, so I'm 51. No, never mind. Uh, you know, don't, don't, we don't have to give anything <laughs> away. We don't have to give anything away. <laughs> no, it, it, it's not that. But but I'm saying, do you get a lot of folks that are like, hey, I'm I'm interested. Like, how do you do that? How'd you do this? Or how are you going, you know, maintaining and, and, and what's, uh, what's different? Or is it kind of like people just kind of do their own thing? I wouldn't say often as far as getting calls like that, but yeah, there's definitely, we definitely share information in our industry. You know, every golf course is different as far as the features to maintain, but there's always information to share in terms of potential um, improvements in either fertility or disease control, insect control, um, one of the really cool things about our industry is we do, you know, share a lot of information and we're all, you know, for the most part, I know that some areas can be kind of cutthroat because there's a lot of competition and they may not want to share information very much, but in the, the Carolina, you like your area, Hmm? No, we're no, we're we're well, good. No, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you're cutthroat, but I mean, there's a lot of competition in, in your area. I mean, there's a ton of golf courses in, in to yeah. play. So there, there is. Uh, I don't even would I wouldn't even call it competition. I mean, I don't really judge whether we're busy versus another golf course. You know, we are 
need to work together as an area, as the Pinehurst area. We can't afford to have an, a golf course that's not in good condition, and we want everybody to be in good condition so that when they come to the area, that they want to come back. They don't. We don't need them to come here and go, oh, well, this course was nice, but this one was not. You know, we really, in my eyes, well, everybody wants to be in good shape. And so our relationships with other superintendents in the area are very helpful. And, um, and these are some of the best around, some of the best, you know, superintendents around anywhere. And it's a great resource. And, and hopefully they, they have questions they can ask me and vice versa. It's a, and I do it a lot. I mean, it's like if I have an issue, like, hey, are you guys seeing this disease or have you seen this before or, um, just any anything like that. <clears throat> I mean, when we were deciding on um, which grass to use for our greens, the Bermuda grass, I knew the the guys. I know the guys down at Pinehurst, and they had Champion Bermuda grass and Mini Verde Bermuda grass. And um, I contacted them. They're like, "Yeah, come down. We'll take a look." And so I had the super from Number Two, which is actually my cousin, John Jeffries. He and I are, are cousins, but uh, him and Kevin Robinson and um, Bob Farron and Alan O and I had four or five of the supers from the resort and we're just all talking shop and they're getting ready for the US Open. I mean they're putting up bleachers, uh <laughs> I mean they're putting up TV cameras and there's all four of these guys talking to me about which grass I should use. And Are I'm you like, like I, I know we're related, but if I need to come back at a different time I can. Right. No, but no, they just took the time and it wasn't a bother for them and um so that's just a good example yeah. of guys that work at the highest level getting ready for a major championship that didn't mind taking their time to help us with the decision. And, um, you know, it's, it seems might seem little to some people, but I, you know, I really appreciate it and haven't forgotten it. So that's probably indicative of a relationship in our area. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so damn, what you, uh, what you think of the golf course? <laughs> I told you I spent a lot of time in the sand. <laughs> and there's a lot of fairway out here. Yeah. It had nothing to do. Dan missed most of it. Yeah, I did. I did. It had nothing to do with you guys, man. That was all on me. <laughs> it was funny how they can just track golf balls, though. Like all that fairway out there and the people in the sand all day. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah, like, like What's funny is I can play here. I can play here and not hit in the sand at all. And I go to what you call a normal golf course with normal bunkers and hit in the bunkers on every damn hole. I'm like, <laughs> 20 acres out it's here like, and I don't hit in it. How did I miss every waste bunker out here, but I'm landing it every every sand bunker, uh, you know, that, that's, that's guess, out there? Yeah. I guess well-designed bunker placement, I suppose. <sighs> I, I guess, yeah. I, I mean, we we had a great time. What did we miss? Uh, what, what didn't we get into, Morgan? That you wanted? I got some questions I want to ask you before we close out. And I know we can't keep you all night. Uh, is this hmm. home office or is this at the shop where we're this uh, talking? At? This is the maintenance okay, building. You're at the, all right, you're at the shop. Well, it's, yeah. uh, I mean, do people cringe when they walk in there if they're not if they're not from the Wolfpack and they're from no, some some other school? Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, just close the door on your way out, right? Yeah, you can't see the other wall, but that's an Alabama side, so I got to look at that. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Well, that's, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you get that out of there? With that Alabama stuff? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, are you, 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 I'm not messing with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I got you. 
so what do we, uh, what you, is there anything else you want to touch on about the golf course, about uh, your relationship? Uh, so I got some just uh, fun questions to ask you before we wrap up, but uh, did we miss anything? No, not necessarily. I don't think so. Unless you can think of something that we no, talked think, about I mean, earlier. One of I may think of it along the way. So, so we're, uh, we're playing around. You let's say you've invited, you've met these two guys and they're like, Oh my God, they're great guys. Uh, I'm going to invite them for a round of golf at my course. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? Yeah. Um, well, I'm an IPA guy. I know you guys are birdies and bourbon, but, um, <laughs> eh, I, the, drink the, too much, the, but, but I, I like, uh, I like a good IPA and my favorite probably right now is, uh, pernicious oh yeah from wicked weed brewing and Asheville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it is just my go-to right now I love that's that. cool that is good have you been up to uh i mean you're uh, i wouldn't say close but you're three hours or so three and a half mm-hmm. you get you get uh, that much to Asheville. yeah no i haven't i haven't been up there in the wax we were talking about going up there soon as a family but um i've never been to their brewery but uh I think my assistant had gone somewhere and had this beer and his man and stuff. It's great. You ought to try it sometime. It was at the time it was kind of hard to find, but now they have kind of gotten in with InBev. I think where now you can buy it in grocery stores. But before that, you had to kind of seek it out. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we were at Old Salem with the family or something. We went to Salem. We stopped in little, one of the taverns and we we're going to have lunch. I looked at the menu and I was like, man, there's, oh, they have pernicious. So <laughs> tried it. And there I'm just hooked. Give me two. Yeah, give me that's two. Cool. That's yeah, cool. Give me a couple of them. Yeah. You're driving. Yeah. So pernicious. All right. I'll have, I, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of wicked weed uh, beers, but uh, I'll have to think about, I don't know if I've had that one. Probably. It was probably like the seventh or eighth one. So it's like, eh, I've lost count. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. You, you never know. Um, all right, so pernicious. Uh, anything locally that you um, that's, that's a go-to for you? Um, we have a local brewer in Fuquay, Aviator, which is I like to support them. They're pretty good. Um, actually, our whole area and Dan could probably speak to that. They're, I'm not sure if he's still living in the area or not, but mm-hmm. just our small breweries all over the place yeah. around Fuquay, Holly Springs, Apex, just everywhere. Yeah. Almost can't turn around without going to a brewery. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good area. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to pick. Really, it's some pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're an IPA guy, I mean, it's a really fun. And I know it's birdies and bourbon, but really, bourbon. It just it, it would sound. It wouldn't. Ha- it wouldn't be as catchy if I said birdies and alcohol or birdies and APA. Or if we said birdie birdies and drinking, it just you know birdies yeah. and bourbon has kind of a ring to it. So we went with that. But bourbon, it, sure. yeah, bourbon is like the proverbial uh, whatever you're going to drink. But it's uh, but all these little, uh, I shouldn't say even little, but all these micro brews that are kind of popping up and becoming established and they've got, um, you know, they've got capacity and they can be able to make things. I mean, it's made it a lot of fun for a beer drinker. Uh, like last night or two nights ago, I don't know, uh, yesterday, I guess I had a kind of a breakfast with the breakfast with the masters. I had, um, I had a, uh, a barrel aged stout and it had been aged in a old Jägermeister barrel. Oh, wow. And I mean, even if you don't like Jägermeister, which it tasted nothing like Jägermeister, but kind of those, um, that, uh, what do you, uh, the, the, I'm trying to think of the word for it. It wasn't really fennel but it was just the, uh, uh, 
the Jägermeister aroma was there, but it wasn't like if you got drunk in on Jägermeister in college, you're like, oh, I'm backing away from it. But the finish, man, was just really, really solid. Yeah, yeah, it was really solid. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so, all right, so we're bringing IPAs up. Persinius, uh, I think he said, the next time we come to the golf course. We're, maybe we'll uh, get you out for a round with us. And uh, so, so here's my next one. Is let's say you met these, uh, you met this, uh, the, these uh, couple of folks, and you're like, hey, I'm having them over to the house. And uh, ha- we're having these folks over to the house for dinner. We already know what we're drinking. Uh, what are we going to be eating? And you're inviting us over. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a tough one. My new thing right now is uh, I used to love a good steak on the grill, but I started doing this cast iron steak where you fry it for a couple of minutes, sear it, and finish it in the oven. Oh, wow. And you cover it with, um, I use a little olive oil and obviously the seasonings and stuff, and then uh, butter on top of it. And then once that butter and the olive oil you know, melts into the pan, you baste it while it's searing and then you finish it off in the oven for about five or six minutes that's been another steak that was so good really what what cut are you going for it's a ribeye ribeye bone in bone oh, out I love, it's a it's a bone out no bone okay All right. but i love to cook I, I love to cook my dad loved to cook and something about food and um how people enjoy it, you know, whenever you're at a gathering or whatever. And my dad always just loved to cook certain recipes that everybody's on. Man, this is, they just always look forward to it. And so I love doing that. I love uh, clam chowder is one of my favorite things to cook. Oh, wow. I just, I enjoy it. Very cool. Well, you, I mean, you that's when I get to drink my pernicious is while I'm cooking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you said it best. I mean, when we started talking, I mean, it's, uh, it's like fun. And what's more fun than, uh, you know, getting ready to then cooking something that people are going to enjoy and feeding them yeah. and, and then sitting around and having fun while you're eating it. I mean, it's enjoying uh, it. Like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and that's exactly what we did when we were, I mean, it's, uh, it couldn't have been better. And, and again, you know, we were, we were out with the, uh, out with the pro on the golf course and, and we, uh, we got to chatting and, uh, you know, I said, Hey, how do we, how do we get the guy on the, on the show that keeps this place up? I mean, shit, this has gotta be I, 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 rough is not the right word to you. Well, I was in the rough a lot, so maybe I was saying rough a lot, but I believe it's like, how do we get this guy on the show? I mean, this place is just, I mean, it's, it, it's amazing. Number one, just in the architecture and everything that happened. And, and I'm like, Oh, c- you know, cause we had talked about doing a show with her and she said, well, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, maybe he could come on. And she's like, absolutely not. He can do his own show. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not taking any, so, you know, I mean, and hats off, hats off, right. It's, I mean, probably, I better that, it's probably better that way. <laughs> well, at least you and I, at least the three of us can talk. So, and, and who knows, and who knows what she's going to say, but I mean, no, but sincerely, I mean, we, we had such a good time up there man and, and yeah, it was such did. a such a great time uh, mm-hmm. to be able to meet you after we played and yeah. that is i mean that uh that tobacco road is something that will um like it, it'll set you free man i mean walking in and just seeing everything that's happened there and, and talking yeah. with a gentleman that's um uh that's been there from uh there's nothing but uh, you know, just the, the raw palate here and what it used to be. And now we're, you know, uh, 20, 
two, three years into this thing and it's still the same guy. I mean, that is that that's really a treat to get to kind of have and share. Uh, we do want to do this again and we don't have to go and I'm not trying to cut you short. I'm just saying mm-hmm. if you, you if you have things to do, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's a treat for us to get to do things yeah. like this with, with that, that don't happen. And to your point, like there's other places where you're going to see people that have been there for, you know, 20, 25, 30 years, but the golf course mm-hmm. has been there for, you know, how many, you know, more tens or hundreds of years. And I, you know, right. I wasn't the guy that saw that. So, right. I got you. Yeah. Well, like I so I appreciate you having me on for sure. And like I said, it's, it's been an honor to be a part of this project and, um, just super lucky to be honest with you. I think sometimes things happen and put you in the right place at the right time. And you, you never know who I tell my kids and other people, you never know who you're going to meet. It might could change your life. You know, and I met, <clears throat> and I met Mike, that was kind of one thing for me, you know, that kind of, you know, just that relationship put me in, in Virginia. And when I, while I was in Virginia, that's where I met my wife. And um, then our life moved down here and, children and just uh, you know i can you know relate all that back to that chance meeting i guess you can say or that relationship and um you know to be a part of that and kind of help maintain i guess his legacy so to speak so that people you know still you know get the experience of one of his golf courses and that it's what they expect when they come here really happy with that Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold, holding a shovel is not such a bad thing, is it? I, I like to work. I mean, that's why I like to do it. I mean, it's I didn't want to do it so I could manage people and you know, formulate budgets and all that stuff. I enjoy the work. I enjoy well, the, you, yeah, well, you messed up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, no. it, is that, I know we, we were trying to, but is that becoming more and more? It's like I don't get more. I, I need more hands-on, and it's uh, is it becoming more of a kind of an, an – Administrative is a bad thing to say, but it is, is it becoming less hands-on and more hands-off? Uh, it probably depends um, where you're working at what level, maybe very high-end public courses. The superintendent may be more of an administrator and that maybe that's what the membership would like, not to be in work boots, but in you know, dress more like uh, or an executive or a manager versus being out on the golf course. I'm sure there are places like that. And, um, and that's great. That's probably just not my cup of tea. Again, yeah. you know, what made me want to do this work was the work. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the, what I was doing and who I was doing it with and just the camaraderie and just how much fun it was. You know, I'll be honest with you. It took a little while to set into, oh, there's a business aspect to it also where you, <laughs> you have to manage stuff instead of just out working and having fun. You know, there's another yeah. you know, part to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but a super, you know, superintendents, you know, at every golf course, I mean, they're pretty much you know, jack of all trades. I mean, there's, um, I know a little bit about a lot, you know, I'm not, a, <laughs> maybe not an expert on a lot of stuff, but you know, there's a lot of things that we maybe have to encounter in a day from psychologists dealing with your staff, personnel management, talking to our service technician about potential issues with equipment. I have to have a knowledge of our, our equipment works hydraulics, all that stuff, plumbing, electrical work, the agronomy, you know, it's, there's a lot going on to manage a golf course. And so you, you, you said, you of, said you went to turf management school. You're talking about mm-hmm. waterworks and now finance and you're, I mean, you're throwing so, in a lot of things that may not be turf management. You're right about that. And I would say that it probably has changed. <clears throat> you know, there, I think there are more golf course management um, programs where it's golf oriented 
and towards that other stuff versus just the what I learned was the science and there was a little bit of personnel management economics but I mean I got a two-year degree and so you're packing a lot of stuff into two years and you know to and it probably you know probably would have helped to go for and get more you know education but you know just like anything it's most of your education comes on the job uh, the science and all of that stuff is gives you a basis on everything, but you can't do it by the book. I mean, I can't do it by the book out here, and I can't do it by the book from one green to four green because they're in different places. You know, they're, they're yeah. different microclimates, so you you just have to be adaptable. But again, your your education really starts for me. It has been just on the job and just you know, again, they can't teach you everything in school, and they can't um, pose every single scenario that you're going to have to you know, deal with. And we're all kind of, we're problem solvers, I guess, is one way to describe us that we, you know, a superintendent, you, you're always analyzing the course and, you know, you know, how can I fix this? How can I improve this? You know, you know, there's always things that come up. You just have to be able to you know, react and solve it. It's okay. There was, there was shade on the four green today. I don't know why the grass didn't. But it, it wasn't clouds. It, I mean, it wasn't the trees. It was the clouds. Uh, how do I move the clouds? Yeah. And, and yeah, obviously having good owners also who were understanding and easy to talk to. And, um, you know, there's times we've had to remove some trees because of that. And you, know, you have to you have to make sure that, you know, you can't put trees back up. So those are things we don't take lightly. But, you know, it, look at it and go, this is an issue for this grass here. And we, you, know, you don't play golf on trees <laughs> play on grass and so still you don't want to just cut down trees if you don't have to right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. awesome uh fantastic morgan um I, I i'll i'll leave it back to you i mean there's plenty more questions i want to ask you but uh, i want to do this again so i don't want to get them all at now Okay. Uh, what I really want to do is do it at the uh, at the course. That. We can do that. So yeah. uh, I want to come up and uh, you know play. We can do it before. It's probably better if we do it before the round of golf. <laughs> Actually, it may. Be, it, but it'd be more fun if we did it after the round of golf. <laughs> <laughs> There'd probably be some things to talk about then. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take the I'll take the more fun piece <laughs> yeah, of it. Uh, you know, directly after. But uh, yeah, it's been a blast having yeah, you on. Absolutely. Um, yeah. a, a couple of things. Just one one more question one more question is okay. so so tobacco road we were there came in and and you're in the pinehurst area if i'm there playing golf give her no matter what my time frame is whatever i'm playing uh are there any hidden gems uh, that i should go and eat at hidden gems to eat at pinehurst area i don't I think i know there's a place called maxi's that's a real popular bar i don't know about food but i, I know a lot of my peers down there that's like if they go out and meet somewhere that's that's where it's at and i i honestly i have never been okay um but I, that's just one name i, I hear you're definitely, you're definitely smirking when you say you've no, never been but that's okay this is close to it maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's one that everybody likes in that area but yeah it's, uh, i'm sure you probably can't go wrong in that area yeah, max's is good enough Perfect. Thanks. Uh, Morgan, uh, thank you so much, man. It's been a great pleasure chatting with you. Uh, we're looking forward to getting back up. Hopefully we'll see you in the springtime. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me.